It is Rosh Chodesh Av, the first day in the month of Av, Tufshin Ayin Dalid. It is the 21st day of Operation Tsuk Eitan, Protective Edge. We are coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I am Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to a special edition of the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Because it is the beginning of the nine days, we won't have our usual musical presentations. Instead, we will spend most of the time discussing situation in Israel, bringing to you some stories. We will intersperse with some a cappella music. And at the end of the show, we will have two special selections, which we will tell you about later. We're going to open the show with sounds of the swearing-in ceremony of the new president of Israel. This past Thursday, Ruby Rivlin was sworn in as the 10th president of the state of Israel. It was the first time in the history of Israel that a president was sworn in during time of war. Ruby Rivlin is uh, one who is rooted very firmly in Jewish tradition, a very emotional Jew who really brings to the presidency something that I don't think it had before. I'm going to open this show with the um, Knesset proceeding as Yuli Edelstein, who is the speaker of the Knesset, this whole ceremony takes place in the Knesset. It is a Knesset uh, session. Yuli Edelstein opens the Knesset session as he does every every session by... um, Putting into the official record the date, you'll notice that the date is first the Jewish date and then the secular date, opens the session, and then you will hear Yuli Edelstein, somebody whose life is a life of heroism, grew up in Russia, was a prisoner of Zion in Russia, came to Israel, uh, moved up in the ranks. He himself is a religious person. This is how he opened the session the ceremonial session, the swearing-in of Ruby Rivlin this past week, and then we'll follow that with an a cappella version of Shir Lamalot. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to this very special edition of The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. על סדר היום הצהרת אמונים של נשיא המדינה הנבחר בפני הכנסת. מי שברך אבותינו אברהם, יצחק ויעקב, הוא יברך את חיילי צבא ההגנה לישראל ואנשי כוחות הביטחון, העומדים על משמר ארצנו וערי אלוקינו, מגבול הלבנון ועד מדבר מצרים. ומן הים הגדול עד לבוא הערבה, ביבשה, באוויר ובים. ייתן השם את אויבינו הקמים עלינו ניגפים לפניהם. הקדוש ברוך הוא ישמור ויציל את חיילינו מכל צרה וצוקה, מכל נגע ומחלה, וישלח ברכה והצלחה בכל מעשה ידיהם. ידבר שונאינו תחתיהם ויעטרם בכתר ישועה ובעטרת ניצחון. ויקוים בהם הכתוב, כי השם אלוקיכם, ההולך עמכם, להילחם לכם, עם אויביכם, להושיע אתכם, ונאמר אמן. 
שיר למעלות. אשא עיניי אל ההרים, מאין יבוא עזרי. עזרי מאם השם, עושה שמיים וארץ, אל ייתן למות רגליך, אל ינום שומריך. הנה לא ינום, ינום, ולא יישן שומר ישראל. השם שומריך, השם צילך, על יד ימיניך. יומם השמש לא יככה, וירח בלילה. השם ישמורך מכל רע, ישמור את נפשך. השם ישמור צאתך ובואך, מעתה ועד עולם. שיר למעלות, אשא עיניי אל ההרים, מאין יבוא עזרי, עזרי מאם השם, עושה שמיים בארץ, אל ייתן למות רגליך. אל ינום שומריך, הנה לא ינום, ולא יישן שומר ישראל. השם שומריך, השם צילך, על יד ימיניך. יומם השמש לא יככה, וירח בלילה. השם ישמורך מכל רע, ישמור את נפשך. השם ישמור צאתך ובואך, מעתה ועד עולם. Na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na
almost a public domain. People don't remember who composed them. That was composed by Yosef Karduner. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. It is Rosh Chodesh Av, the first day in the month of Av, the beginning of the nine days period of mourning during which the Jewish people remember many of the tragedies that happened to us throughout the generations, the destructions of the Batea Migdash. And we're told both by our sages and by historians, that during the period of the second Bet HaMikdash, the Jewish people were so fractured, so divisive, so many groups within the Jewish people that hated each other and worked against each other, that when the enemy, the Romans, the external enemy came upon us, we ended up being defeated because of a nation that does not stand together cannot win against an enemy from the outside. And so Chazal put it that Bayit Sheni was destroyed because of Sinat Chinam. And some people think that that means that it was a punishment for Sinat Chinam. That we sinned by hating each other. I believe that it means that it was the result of Sinar Chinam. If you have hatred amongst yourselves, you can't stand up to an external enemy. And now, some 2,000 years later, we find ourselves in a similar but very different situation. We are back, finally, in our land, under Jewish sovereignty. And we face a lot of external enemies. And very often we are divisive and fractured as a society in Israel. But I must say that during this period, beginning with the kidnapping of the three boys, Naphtali, Gilad, and Ifrach, We have been united, I think, as never before, or not for quite a long time. And now, during this operation, Tsukaitan, which is basically a war, we are united as we have not been for many decades. Because the people of Israel realize that there is a real threat, a dangerous threat, and are convinced that they have to fight back, that you can't allow an enemy right on your border to lob rockets, I shouldn't say lob rockets, to shoot rockets, to attack you with rockets, day in and day out, to terrorize the civilian population. And then with the discovery of the massive number of tunnels, and at the beginning of this operation, there were three cases where Arab terrorists actually came out of the tunnels near a Jewish yeshuv and thank God, thank God, and thank the fighting forces of Tzahal. They were discovered and killed. But imagine, if you will, if these terrorists who were armed to the teeth would have been able to enter a kibbutz or a town and kidnap a group of people, kill many others, 
and drag them back into these tunnels into Gaza and do this time after time after time. The terror tunnels, which we spoke about many, many months ago on this show. But the people of Israel are united. So during these nine days, the people of Israel are showing amazing Ahavat Chinam. Amazing, amazing dedication to one another and love for each other, no matter where you're from and who you are. There are no more distinctions. Everyone is part of one big family. And there are so many, so many ways in which this is being expressed. There are so many manifestations of this. People literally are flocking, flocking to the staging areas in the south where the soldiers leave from as they go into Aza and bringing them, in many cases, stuff they don't even need. It's just people have a feeling, a need to help, a need to do, a need to show love to the soldiers that are going in and putting their life on the line and ready to be Shem Shamayim to fight for the people of Israel. It's amazing. On on Friday, a group of people that just got together ad hoc came down with truckloads of food, with grills, with chefs. How did they say? Lasot lahem kabbalat Shabbat. To make for the soldiers a kabbalat Shabbat. The ability for those soldiers who would be in the staging area at that time to have a real good meal. And, and any other provisions that they need. This has gone on since the beginning of this operation to the extent that a call has gone out, don't bring any more food. Don't bring any more underwear. Don't bring any more toothbrushes and toothpaste and so forth to the staging grounds. There's too much. One of the soldiers wrote back home and he said, we can open a Walmart down here with all the stuff that we have. But what it shows you is the outpouring of love. There are hundreds of soldiers who were injured. And the hospitals are literally flooded with people coming to visit the wounded soldiers bringing them all kinds of goodies, people who don't know them at all. They don't even know who they're going to visit. They just know that they're wounded soldiers in Soroka Hospital, they're wounded soldiers in Barzilai Hospital, and they just go down and walk in with hands full of things and hearts full of love. To the extent that some family members said that it was difficult to get to their wounded soldier, brother, son, and so forth, who they were coming to visit because the crowds were so big. The outpouring of love. The outpouring of Ahavat Chinam during these nine days should be a kapara for the Sinat Chinam. It's interesting, Emily Amarusi, who is a journalist in Israel, was for a while also the spokes, spokesperson for um, the settlements in Yehudan Shomron. 
on her uh, Facebook page, she somehow became a center focal point on Facebook for the different army units that needed things. And so she posts several times a day a list of things that different units could use if people wanted to donate them. And then she puts a name, a contact information. She's like the bulletin board for um, humanitarian help for the soldiers. One unit needs a generator. That's a big thing. Another unit just asks for a guitar. So when they come out and they have a few hours of quiet, they can sit around and sing, and that'll give them the strength to go back in. It's amazing. And yes, there is need in certain cases for underwear and socks. But there's specific needs. And she has the list of the people who you should contact for the different units. It's amazing. That's just one, one manifestation of the beautiful love that the people of Israel are showing each other during this time. Last week, a week ago, exactly, you were the first, if you were listening live, you were the first to hear about a lone soldier by the name of Nissim Sean Carmeli. I spoke about him, that he was born in Texas to an Israeli family, that he decided to leave Texas and finish his high school in in Israel, and then made the decision not to return to Texas, but to stay in Israel and to join Tzahal as a quote-unquote lone soldier, Chayal Boded. Chayal Boded is a status that the army gives to a Olech Hadar, somebody who becomes an Israeli citizen and joins the army but doesn't have immediate family in Israel. And they're granted certain rights of, you know, to go back and visit their family and so forth. And there's an organization, memory of Michael Levin, who himself was a lone soldier from America, that organization that helps lone soldiers, Israeli families that adopt lone soldiers and so forth. So we told you about Nisim Sean Carmeli, that he was a lone soldier, that he was killed, and that his funeral was going to take place that night, last Monday night. And towards the end of the show, I noticed on Facebook, somebody shared a post, and it caught my eye, and I read it. And again, if you were listening live, you were probably the first to hear it. That the sports team, Maccabi Haifa, of which Sean Carmeli was a fan, wrote to all its fans that they should realize that tonight will be the funeral of this lone soldier. And they called on all their fans to do a big mitzvah and to come out to the funeral so that he doesn't get buried alone and that there be people there to say thank you and to show him the final honor. And I'm sure you've heard by now that there were 20,000 people who came out to his funeral. People from all over Israel. Most of them never heard that name before. Did not know him. Just knew that he was alone and he gave his life for the people of Israel. And the next day, Max Steinberg from L.A., 
who we told you about also last week. The next day he was buried. His story is even more amazing. Because unlike Sean Carmeli, who grew up in a home with Israeli parents, Max Steinberg grew up in a totally American home. In fact, Max Steinberg had never been to Israel until he joined one of the birthright missions. So he was over 18 when that happened. He didn't really want to go, but his sisters convinced him. And he fell in love with Israel. Went back to America, finished college, told his parents that he's making Aliyah and joining the army. And he was in the Golani Brigade as well and was killed. And he was buried the next day, last Tuesday, in Yerushalayim at the military cemetery in Har Herzl, where so many heroes are buried. So many Kedoshim. And the word went out again. A lone soldier, a lone quote unquote, L-O-N-E, is being buried. Max Steinberg's parents came from LA to the funeral. This was, believe it or not, their first visit to Israel. They had never been to Israel before. Their first visit was coming to bury their child who gave his life for the people of Israel. And I would assume that as they were flying and thinking, they could only imagine that there would be a military funeral and that there would be some people there. I would have to think that in their wildest dreams, they would never imagine that 30,000 people came to that funeral. And then they realized, as did the family of Sean Carmeli and the other lone soldiers, that there is no such thing in Israel as a lone soldier. The Steinbergs said that they didn't want initially, they did not want to bury Max in Israel because they're in L.A. and they wanted him to be buried near home. But then they decided that he would probably want to be buried in what he considered home in Israel. And so they agreed to it reluctantly. But now they said, now that they've seen what Israel is all about. Now that they saw the love, the avat chinam, they realize why. And they're happy that he's buried there. And then they went to a hotel and sat shiva. And I'm told that there was an endless, endless line of people coming to be Menachem, coming to console them. And again, these are people who the day before never heard the name Max Steinberg or Sean Carmeli, didn't know them, had nothing to do with them other than the fact that they were brothers. Ariel Horowitz is a uh, Israeli musician, composer, writer. He's written some nice 
some nice songs. And after the funeral of Nisim Carmeli, with 20,000 people came, the soccer fans from Kabi Haifa who started it rolling, and all those who joined them, he was so moved that he wrote a song in memory of Sean and in honor of everything that was happening. And he wrote the song Esrim Elefish, which we will play at the end of this show. So that if you don't want to listen, you can sort of like tune out to the last 10 minutes or so. So we'll play that song and one other. We'll tell you about that and about so much more from the State of Israel after this a cappella version of Nar Hayiti. This is Kol Achai. Shalom. 
with Nar Haiti. We were having technical difficulties over the past uh, few minutes, and the show was cutting in and out. That's what I'm told. We um, thank ZK for his help in uh, getting things back in order, and hopefully the rest of the show will be trouble-free. Uh, we, I believe that we will have the show in its entirety on the uh, in the archive, so Hopefully you'll be able to hear the part that you missed. We spoke about the amazing love, the Ahavat Chinam taking place in Israel. We spoke about the funerals of the lone soldiers, the quote-unquote lone soldiers, where tens of thousands of people came from all walks of life, from the entire country, from north and south and east and west. The funerals of Max Steinberg and Sean Carmeli, Max Steinberg from L.A. and Sharon Carmeli from Texas. I began telling you that Ariel Horowitz, who is a um, songwriter in Israel and a singer, wrote a song specifically in memory of Sean Carmeli. Um, the song is called 20,000 People. Esrim Elefish. And uh, what I'm going to do, because there are those who uh, are marked, but not to listen to instrumental music during the nine days or during the three weeks, even if it's on the radio and so forth, we'll devote the last ten minutes or so of the show to two songs. This one, Estrem Elefish, and a new version of Eretz Tzvi, which we'll discuss in a few moments, dedicated to the memory of Roe Klein. I want to read to you some of the words of this beautiful song, Esrim Elefish, written by Ariel Horowitz. They came to say thank you. Thank you and goodbye. They came to declare that there are no lone soldiers and that our nation also does not dwell alone so long as there are people like you, Sean, in Texas, Haifa, and Gush Etzion. The refrain is 20,000 people with you at the front, 20,000 people march silently behind you, Sean, with your two sisters and 20,000 brothers. Ba'ulomar todav lehipared lahagid she'en davar kazeh chayal bodeh. V'gam am lo levadad yishkon. Kol od yeshnam b'texas, b'chaifa, b'gush etzion. Anashim kamoch ha'shon. Esrim elef ish. V'ata harishon, esrim elef ish, acharech ha'shon. So Adim Besheket in Prachim Steachayot Esrimelef Achim. 
And I should mention, remind you, who Ariel Horowitz is. And maybe then you'll understand a bit more where this comes from. He is the son of none other than Naomi Shemer. Explains a lot. I want to remind you, if you're listening live, if you're still, <laughs> if you're still listening live, and you're in the uh, tri-state New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area, a community-wide rally in support of Israel is scheduled for today, this afternoon at 12.30 at Dag Hammarskjöld Plaza, 2nd Avenue and 47th Street. Everyone is encouraged to join and show our support for our brothers and sisters in Israel. Unfortunately, the enemies of Israel, they don't have a problem. They just go on. They protest throughout Europe. They continue to protest, even in the United States, even in New York on Friday. They were protesting. So we have to. We have to come out and support Israel. We have to come out and say no, no to anti-Semitism, no to anti-Israel. Today, 1230 in Dag Hamoshalt Plaza. I want to tell you about another family that began sitting Shiva yesterday. The family of Oron Shaul went through an excruciating week. The beginning of the operation in Aza, a um, armored troops transporter. It's sort of like a tank that doesn't shoot, but carries armed personnel into the front. It was attacked and uh, by an anti-tank, shoulder-held anti-tank missile shot by the Hamas and it burnt up and everybody inside was killed. And they knew, the army did, that there were seven people inside. And under heavy fire, the soldiers went back, soldiers from their brigade went back to get the bodies and bring them home for burial. But after all the bodies were identified, it was discovered that there was one body missing, one soldier, Aron Shaul, who the army knew was in that vehicle, his body was not found. Simultaneously, the Hamas announced that they have a captive, and his name is Aron Shaul, and they read off his ID number. But in Israel, they knew that that wasn't true. They knew that if they had anything, it might have been a body part or it might have been a dog tag, but they also knew that Aron Shaul was dead. But when the family heard the Hamas statement, like many other families, they held out hope, that tiny little sliver. And they refused to accept the fact that their son was dead. It is an excruciating job, much of which, much of which is um, left to the um, the chaplaincy, the Rabbanut HaTzvait, the rabbinate of the IDF, to identify bodies and to deal with the issues of Shiva and so forth. 
And there are a lot of halacha questions that are involved, especially if someone's married, questions of aguna and so forth. And so the Rabbanut, together with the Army Personnel Division, decided that they would declare, with the permission of the family, that this soldier is dead, even though they don't have his body, and advised the family to sit shiva. And for a week, the family didn't want to do that. And finally, they met yesterday with the Rav HaRashi HaTzvai, Rabbi Rafi Peretz, and with the Army Intelligence and with others, who brought them evidence that convinced them. And they declared yesterday that they're going to begin the Shiva. What I find interesting is that in the past, I believe this would not have happened. When Goldwasser and Regev were kidnapped in Lebanon, and their kidnapping really was the beginning of the Second Lebanon War, the army investigators said that they were both dead. And yet for years, we held out the hope that maybe they were still alive. The army refused to say that they were dead, that all the evidence showed that they were dead. In fact, Israel ended up trading, I believe it was several hundred terrorists for their bodies. They didn't know officially that it was bodies because the Hezbollah wouldn't tell them. This time in Israel, the family recognized and realized that that the evidence was overwhelming and that they shouldn't give in to the Hamas's bait. And they began sitting shiva for a son who never had a funeral. Yet another story of the amazing people of Israel. In the time that's left, I want to tell you a little bit about Roe Klein. I hope that you know the name Roe Klein, <clears throat> but if you don't, I hope that after today you'll never forget his name. Today is his yard site. He was killed eight years ago today, Rosh Chodesh Av. He was fighting in the Second Lebanon War, that war that we just mentioned. He was a commander in in an infantry brigade. And he, together with his troops that he was commanding, were caught in this horrific battle of Binjbel, a place in southern Lebanon. And I'm going to read to you the account of his last moments on this earth. While Roe and his radio operator were trying to remove wounded platoon commander Amichai Merchavia on a stretcher, Roe suddenly noticed a hand grenade that had landed right near him. It was clear that the grenade's detonation would injure and kill many soldiers who were in the yard behind the wall. There wasn't enough time to warn them or to run and it was impossible to throw the grenade far enough away to minimize the damage. In the split second that he had, Roe Klein threw himself on the grenade, and his body absorbed the full impact of the blast. And in his last moments, as he knew he was dying, 
all his soldiers that were right nearby, whose lives he saved, heard him yell with amazing fervor, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Interviews with soldiers who were there. Soldiers who maybe aren't as religious as Ru'i say that they will never forget those words, that the echo of his voice and the Shema Yisrael is always in their minds. But what's less known about Major Roe Klein is that his heroism wasn't limited to the battlefield. Roe Klein was a student in the Michlala Kedam Tzvait, the Bet Midrash in Eli known as Bnei David, where during breaks from the army he started his learning day at 5.30 in the morning. And on cold winter mornings, he would jump up and down in front of his Gemara to keep warm. Found expression in the army when at 2 a.m., after an exhausting day, he learned Afyomi. It formed his life as a Torah Jew who was Moser Nefesh for Klal Yisrael and for Limud Torah. There's so much more to say about what we were running out of time a bit. His yard site the first day of Av, Rosh Chodesh Av, was one day before his 31st birthday. He was born on the second day of Av. He left behind his wife, Sarah, and two children, two little children, Gilad and Yoav. We lost an amazing person and a true Jewish hero when Roe Klein jumped on that grenade and sacrificed his life in order to protect the lives of all his soldiers around him. Many of you know the song Eretz Tzvi, known also as the theme from the movie of Entebbe. It was written by the poet Thelma Eligon Roz and composed by Dubi Zeltzer. The writer, Ellie Gunrose, was listening to the radio one day and heard Roe Klein's sister ask that they dedicate that song in his memory. And she was very moved. She was touched by the fact that Roe Klein was so connected to her song. And she thought to herself that the person of Roe Klein is really the person described in the song the heroism of the people of Israel. And she thought to herself she would write another stanza to that song. And she did. Stanza dedicated to Roe. And it was in her drawer. And then one day when she was performing different places around the country, she heard that Roe Klein's parents are going to be at one of the performances. And she decided that at that performance they would add this, actually three stanzas that she wrote, that she added to the song in memory of Roe. The family was very moved. 
And a very close friend of Roi, Netanel El-Yashiv, asked if they would re-record the song, would she add those lyrics in memory of Roi? And she said, absolutely, it is part of the song. And so they called Yehoram Gaon, who recorded the song originally, and asked him if he would agree to re-record the song. And he said, yes, he would. In memory of Roe Klein, he said, I will do anything. And so the song was re-recorded after a long delay. It actually came out this week, just in time for his eighth yard site. And so we're going to end today's show with two songs. They both are sad, inspirational, haunting, emotional songs. They have instrumentation in them, and if you feel that it's inappropriate to hear them now, this would be the time, or actually after we sign off, I'll tell you when, that you can walk away for 10 minutes or so. Otherwise, stay with us and listen, and be moved to tears like I was and so many in Israel were by these two songs that were just released this week at this time. The first song we spoke about, Srim El Afish, and this re-release of Bachatzi Halayla, Eretz Tzvi, with the three extra paragraphs. The last one is, Ro'i Hashem Yishmor Alecha, Ro'i May Hashem Protect You, Al Tom Drachecha, Al Uzecha, in merit of your life of complete trust in God and your courage. May Hashem protect the Eretz Tzvi. Al Eretz Tzvi shenishmatcha shizrugal anetzach beveged yoma. The land of Israel that your soul is now eternally woven into the fabric of her cloak. Thank you for listening. I thank the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. I thank ZK for his help during the show. We had a lot of technical difficulties. And my thanks as always to Nachum Siegel. Stay tuned for Tech Talk with Arya Lightstone. And keep it tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. Until next Monday, following JM in the AM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. <laughs>
באו לומר תודה ולהיפרד, להגיד שאין דבר כזה חייל בודד, וגם עם לא לבדד ישכון. כל עוד ישנם בטקסס, בחיפה, בגוש עציון, אנשים כמוך שום. עשרים אלף איש ואתה ראשון, עשרים אלף איש אחריך שום. צועדים בשקט עם פרחים, שתי עשרים אלף אחים. העושה שלום במרומיו, יעשה שלום עלינו עם בוא הסתיו, שלא תזכה לראות כבר שום. לכן הגיעו הנה מזקן ועד כתום. מחיפה, מגוש עציון, עשרים אלף איש ואתה הראשון, עשרים אלף איש אחריך שום, צועדים בשקט עם פרחים, שתי אחיות, עשרים אלף אחים, עשרים אלף איש
Oh, 